0: Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. Uh, I This is normally the part where I give out the phone number for, to the station, but uh, the phone lines are still down. So uh, when God closes the door, he opens a window. This gives you an opportunity to interact via the WBSM app chat. If you don't have the WBSM app, uh, you can download it and you can message us. So we get a lot of app chat activity with our Red Sox ticket giveaway um, on Friday. So we're looking to continue that momentum through into this show. Um, we've got a good show ahead for you at 8 o'clock. We have a candidate for office that's going to make an announcement um, here with us on South Coast tonight. And um, we'll also be uh, talking about some other stuff and taking your app chat messages on the WBSM app. But first, uh, we're joined by Ben Burke. He's the South Coast uh, Bureau Chief at uh, Providence's NPR, also known as the Publix Radio. Uh, ben, how are you?
1: I'm good, Marcus. How you doing?
0: I'm, I'm well, thanks. Thanks for joining me. Um, so uh, you broke a story this week, uh, I think a fairly big one, about a local company called Eastern Fisheries. Can you give us a little bit of background on that?
1: Sure. Uh, is my mic on? Am I on now? Yeah, your mic's on. Yeah. Okay, great. I yeah. think my headphones are a little bit
0: wonky, but I'll yeah. just go. Yeah, if you turn up the, maybe turn up the volume.
1: Okay. Well, the gist of it is there are about, 110 workers who were previously employed at Eastern Fisheries, one of the big seafood processing plants in the city, Um, they were employed there as temporary workers through these staffing agencies that you might know in New Bedford called BJ's and MESIS Staffing Solutions. Uh, Eastern Fisheries announced it was terminating its contracts with those temporary staffing agencies. And it said, you know, basically for those 100. 10 workers. That was a a, a termination notice. Um, Mm -hmm. The company announced it was going to give them a chance to reapply for their jobs. Uh, A lot of them came in Monday morning, but uh, in order to reapply, they had to pass basically a a government inspection of their social security number and identification documents, which if you're an undocumented worker, basically meant you couldn't work at Eastern Fisheries anymore. So at the final numbers from the company uh, today were that There were about 110 temporary workers. And even though they were all invited to reapply, only five were rehired.
0: You said it was um, uh, originally, just to clarify, because the original reporting was uh, up to 200, but you've got a confirmed number of 110. Um, So how did you you come to the the original figure and how did you come to the figure now? Yeah, the original
1: number of 200 came from an unfair labor charge that uh, the lawyer representing these workers filed on their behalf. You know, these workers, they work in a couple different shifts at the factory. It's only the workers employed through two specific temp agencies that are affected. So it was a little hard for them to gauge exactly how many people were affected because they don't know what every employee's employment status is. They don't know, oh, is Ricardo a, a permanent a direct employee of Eastern Fisheries or are they a temp employee of Eastern Fisheries. So the numbers were hard for the workers to pin down. We got the 200 number from that NLRB complaint filed by their lawyer. The company didn't initially respond to any requests for comment from reporters. So that was the best guess everybody was working with at the time. Uh, Today, the company released a statement and started answering some questions from reporters. So the final number we got from them were that were 110 temporary employees. And I, the word "temporary" should really be put in quotes here because some of these people have been working for Eastern Fisheries for years. It's just the legal arrangement that they use
0: means they're technically temporary employees. So, uh, what was Eastern Fish, uh, Fisheries' official rationale for the, the the mass termination?
1: Yeah, basically, they said that they had this legal revelation recently where um, you know they thought. Hiring through a temp agency had given them some kind of legal protection from, uh, employing, well, they didn't even say from what. So let's just say, uh, Eastern fisheries thought it had a certain degree of legal protection. They learned through a recent case with the NLRB, uh, that they did not in fact have the legal protection that they thought.
0: Did we clarify? Um, just for so people don't know, the National Labor Relations Board. Um, just for people who may not know, I don't know if you said that at the beginning, but yeah. I think it's important. It's, it worth- it, it's it worth. It's
1: definitely an important agency to know a bit <laughs> about for this story. If you yeah. want to understand what's going on in Eastern Fisheries right now, or in lots of workplaces in America where there are disputes between management and
0: it's kind of striking. To, it's kind of striking to me. Um, so they thought they could. Hold on, hold on, like,
1: hold on. Do you want me to explain the NLRB really quickly? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead. So it's a federal agency that um, basically, and it's almost like a law enforcement agency for the workplace. It's not OSHA. They're not checking for like safety violations like OSHA. What they're doing is that they're making sure that employers are following laws about what workers have a right to do in the workplace. So, you know, workers have a right to unionize, they have a right to organize and ask for better pay and working conditions. And employers sometimes violate these laws by by firing people for protected activity. The NLRB, one very important function of this federal agency, is that workers can file complaints and say, "Hey, my employer is violating my rights here. Can you come investigate this?" And you know, if the NLRB decides that a violation really has occurred, they can uh, take certain uh punitive measures against the employer sometimes they can have an employee reinstated they can order the employer to pay back pay to somebody who
0: is wrongfully terminated they can they can fine the company so it's kind of striking to me it seems as though there were certain things they thought they could get away with essentially is that's the term i'm using uh get away with because someone wasn't hired through a temp agency rather than being their own uh, hired as an employee through their own Hiring process is that? More I mean, or less- they had, I, I would
1: say, a, a legally sound level of of uh, deniability. Like they could, they, they could totally truthfully say, we do not know uh, whether or not our workers are documented or undocumented because that's simply not a question we ask. The hiring is done by a completely different company with different managers, so they really like it's an arrangement that. Truthfully, gives Eastern Fisheries less awareness of of who exactly is working for them and where they come from and what their uh, legal status is. In
0: that recent case, they had dis- uh, they had discovered that um, the, the either the temp agency their temp agency employees basically get the st- same treatment as employees that they hired themselves. Is that more or less correct? Um, the temp agency employees well, get the same treatment as the as the direct employees. Yeah.
1: Um, that's a little hard for me to pin down. Um, you know, I've heard kind of differing things, you know, there are some workers I interviewed who who felt that undocumented workers are, are treated differently. They're given different work assignments. This is what the workers say. I haven't confirmed that yet. So perhaps I shouldn't be sharing it as if it's a undisputed fact because it's
0: not. So, um, the, the workers don't feel this way though. They don't, what they've i mean it's the title of your first story it's clear vengeance that's how they feel what, what's their where why do they feel like there's been this mass sort of termination and quote quote like uh, opportunity for rehire
1: yeah so for a couple of years now there has been a group called the centro comunitario de trabajadores mm-hmm. cct that basically means like the workers center Workers' Community Center. Yeah, it's a it's a storefront. It's located inside a storefront in in the north end of New Bedford on a Cushnet Ave, and they've been working for several years with workers at a bunch of different fish processing plants in New Bedford to try and get employers to adopt a unified code of conduct, which is basically like a standard for how fish processing workers should be treated. Mm-hmm. So these meetings have been happening with Eastern Fisheries workers and the the, the CCT these these labor activists in New Bedford. Um, As time went on, some employees at Eastern Fisheries had more specific complaints about how Eastern Fisheries was as a a workplace. And they brought those up quite a while back, a year or two ago, to Roy Enix and the president of the company in a letter. And as time went on, you know, they were speaking with some, some workers were speaking with supervisors about their complaints about how things were going on in the workplace. One of those workers, Ruth Castro, was... Fired
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and uh she filed a complaint with the NLRB. The NLRB found that she was wrongfully terminated. They she was reinstated to work. You know what? Hold on. Let me just hold on one sec there. Sure. Actually, the company reached a settlement in which the company itself admitted that they had wrongfully terminated Ruth. They agreed to pay her back pay and rehire her. As soon as she got back these terminations were going to take effect like two weeks later. So a lot of workers connected these events, right? The terminations. Well, they with, had to the post it too, right? They did. Yeah. yeah. So the, a lot of workers connected these events, these, these mass terminations with um, a worker who had recently been fired for organizing and, and other organizing that they had been doing in the winter and spring to get Ruth rehired and, and demand her return to work.
0: How many employees thus far um because you have a new story out on this. How many employees thus far have been rehired through this um, process? Right. So there were 110 temporary workers who lost
1: their contracts this week. And only five have been rehired directly with the company.
0: Only five. Wow. We're yeah, speaking so that's with-
1: about 105 people who either picked up other jobs or are now out of work in response to this letter they got from
0: Eastern Fisheries telling them they... Either reapply for a job or, or get lost. So um, we're speaking with Ben Burke. He's with uh, Providence's NPR, also known as the Publics Radio. You can find his work at um, thepublicsradio dot org. Um, so uh, that one hundred and five employees that either s- are seeking employment elsewhere or have not ge- have not been grant- uh, given the opportunity to work at the um, at the uh, uh, Eastern Fisheries plant, but um, you said some of them have been excluded from this process because they are undocumented workers, essentially, um, because of the process in which uh, you have to you have to get rehired,
1: right? And, it, and it's going to be impossible for me to determine exactly how many of these 105 workers are undocumented, for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't want to disclose that, and uh, but the gist of it is, you know, these. 105 people theoretically had a chance to reapply for work at Eastern Fisheries. To do so, they had to go to this website called everify.gov,
0: yeah.
1: which is basically an instantaneous way of checking if you have a a real Social Security number associated with your with your legal name. Okay. And so, if you are undocumented, you don't have that.
0: Well, so if this plant staffed 105 110 employees in these positions. They've only hired five back. Is there any idea out there of how they're re- uh, how they're restaffing their their plant?
1: I didn't get any statement from the company on this. Yeah. I spoke with a few workers from Eastern Fisheries who had just been terminated and they said like during their last days at work they started seeing some new faces. They were asking, you know, where are you from? How did you get this job? And They weren't really getting clear answers, Uh, so it's hard to say right now. I think the impression of the aggrieved workers here is that Eastern Fisheries has perhaps used a new temp service called Empire to staff uh, these open positions, but it's not something that the company admitted in any statements.
0: Is there anything? Um, I, I think we, you know, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty big deal when you lose that many jobs in, in, at once in this area, especially in an industry like like fishing um, that's so central to uh, the you know the local economy. Is there is there anything that we um, we we missed that um, that anything we didn't cover in this conversation? I think one thing that
1: I'm still interested in reporting further. Is uh, the implication for other fish houses in New Bedford? Yeah. Um, Eastern Fisheries claims it's it's basically been caught off guard that the NLRB considers them a joint employer of uh, these fish processing workers. You know, they used the temp agency to hire them, so they felt we're not really their employer. But the NLRB is saying, no, you are their employer, and so Eastern Fisheries claims it's a surprise to them. It's possible that other fish houses don't realize that they could be held legally liable for things that are going on with these workers.
0: They want people to do work for them, but they don't want them to be their employee yeah, that's correct. That's correct. That's, that sure is something. So uh, we're speaking with Ben Burke. Uh, he's the Providence's NPR, uh, also known as the Publix Radio. Um, ben, uh, I appreciate you joining me this evening. Is there anything else that we didn't add and uh, where can people go to, to, uh, to learn more about your work?
1: Yeah, if you want to read the stories, um, they're online at thepublicsradio.org. You can also tune into another radio station um, tomorrow morning if you want to hear an update on what's going on at 89.3 FM. Ben, thanks for joining me this evening. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Marcus.
0: Welcome back to South Coast tonight. Again, we've got an announcement coming from a candidate running for office at 8 o'clock, a local candidate. We're, of course, also tracking the um, elections for Freetown Lakeville. Uh, You know, there's a school committee election there that's hotly contested um, due to uh, Kayla Churchill's uh, candidacy, who's, um, I don't know, made quite a fuss. Since um, entering the race, um, and so we're gonna we're gonna be tracking that to see what uh, the the turnout of that election. We're also gonna be following the Fairhaven elections. There's contested elections for planning board. There's contested elections for, and the planning board one's interesting because there's a story that uh, broke where a um, planning board, the co- incumbent planning board member Wayne Hayward, had uh, made some. Um, Uh, sexually explicit comments toward a town employee uh, after uh, this is this is what the investigation of a law firm had found. um, You know, investigation was uh, commissioned by the town and uh, Mr. Hayward denies it. But he had said uh, this is, you know, he's alleged to have said uh, when when he asked an employee to grab a file um, and she went bent over to get the file, he's alleged to have said something to the effect of I uh, look. I finally got so and so on their knees. Um, so that story's on wbsm.com. You can check it out. Uh, voters in Fairhaven. I'm one of them. Um, I mean, look, look. You can you know make your own judgments on that situation. Uh, it definitely cost the taxpayers some money. It would may cost the taxpayers more money if there's any civil litigation involved. So you can decide whether or not that you know behavior is condonable. Um, there are there were two other options. Uh, you know, you've got if you've got a half hour, you can mull that over. If you get, if you haven't made it to the polls, you got a half hour, you can mull that over if you want, uh, whether or not you think a person like that should be writing policy. But um, but uh, also there isn't a contested select board election. So Keith Sylvia and Charlie Murphy will serve a three year term on the select board, each of them. Uh, they were once opponents, uh, Keith and Charlie, Keith had actually beaten Charlie uh, a couple of years ago, back in 2020, I believe it was 2020. Yeah, it was three years ago, back in 2020, um, to get his seat and then, you know, became a five person select board. Charlie ran again, earned a seat on the board. Uh, now it looks like they're both being sent for th- full three year terms now that they have been, um, now that they, uh, now that they're, you know, running, uh, Together, technically, not really; not really running together. But you know what I mean. Uh, there is no contested election uh, for select board in uh, Fairhaven. I, I know in Freetown, my uh, my friend Trevor Matthews is up for re-election. I had to check that and see if he had an opponent, but solid guy, solid guy. I think he. I think he. I think he's going to win. If he is, I don't even know if he's contested. If, if he is contested, he's going to win. Um, so, uh, but also in Fairhaven is the school committee race. So, that one is it that that's a t- it's a tough call that race. That's a tough tough call because you've got um you've got Laura Gardner who we had on, she's fantastic. Uh Ste- um Stephanie Pickup also a fantastic candidate. Brian Monroe, you know, obviously very experienced uh you know there are just I, so we didn't get a chance to talk to Brenda Lee Smith. She didn't get back to us in time, unfortunately, uh, for us to be able to schedule an interview with her. Um, but uh, I just know the three of those candidates, and I've heard, I've heard good things about Brenda Lee Smith. I, I, I just, like I said, I didn't. We didn't have a chance. Chris and I didn't have a chance to talk to her like we did the other candidates. But I mean, just for two sp- spots, you just got some really. It's a really tough choice for a voter to make. You know, you had to go in and make a tough choice today. I did too. I, I went to the I, w- I went earlier today. I went to the rec center. I kind of like that. Every uh, everything's centralized at the rec center now. I think it's a lot easier. Makes a lot more sense. And uh, the way they do it over there is pretty good. You have, um, you know, each precinct one, two, three, and four. Uh, you know, big, in big sort of big signage there. So if you know your precinct, you can. um you can just walk up there, you know, go vote and all that. So pretty good. Um pretty good setup. I like it there. Plus you get to see all the candidates out there, you know, holding signs and people working for the candidates holding signs. So really cool again a hotly contested school committee election, hotly contested planning board election. You can uh sort of figure out who uh sort of figure out uh I guess, you know, If you got to make that choice now, you got another half hour so you can figure that out, I guess. But um, there's some podcasts on WBSM.com. Probably a little bit too late to listen to those uh, if you're trying to decide. But if you just want to, you know, maybe whoever wins tonight, you can you can hear them and you can get to know your next or continuing school committee member a little bit better Uh, because Chris and I definitely enjoyed talking to the candidates. Tomorrow's Dartmouth. Um, we'll get more into that tomorrow um, for for Dartmouth School Committee. Uh, you know, we we talked to three candidates in, out of five in that race as well. Again, we reached out to everybody. Some people don't get back. Some people do. Some people don't get back in time. It happens. I get it. So 508-996-0500 is how you can join. Oh, wait. I keep saying that instinctively. You can't join me this evening. The phone lines are down. We're working to get them up around the clock as fast as we can because we know that the phone lines are you know a very important essential part in this program your voice matters and that's why if you want to uh make your voice heard tonight you can you just got to if you don't have the wbsm app you got to download it if you if you do have the wbsm app you just look you you press app chat and you send us an app uh in reaction to the story with uh with uh, with Ben Burke uh, the story in Eastern Fisheries when you hire someone, you have to verify their citizenship. It's the law. End of story. You know, so I do know that there are, um, in terms of hiring, it might be a different story. I do know that there are protections for uh, workers regardless of their immigration status in, in, in Massachusetts. Um, you know, I know Attorney General Healy had some advisory uh, when she was Attorney General. Now she's the governor. I can't imagine Andre Campbell will uh, significantly change those envir- uh, advisories, um, but um, the. Basically saying undocumented workers are entitled to all of the same once they're hired, entitled to all of the same rights that uh, other you know workers with legal citizenship or you know uh, are entitled to, which obviously is fair. I do think it's pretty striking to me that Eastern Fisheries wants people to work for them, but not. But find a way for them not to be responsible for them as well it's quite a thing they don't want them to be employees and they found out through an unfair labor practice that they didn't have the certain protections maybe against those unfair labor practices that they thought they had because they were attempts it's quite a thing to want hundreds of people to produce wealth for your product and wealth for your company but not consider them employees. It's quite a thing. 508-996. Oh, wait, can't. Sorry. Uh, You got to message us on the app chat. That's going to be instinctive. I'm going to keep saying this, but you can't call in, unfortunately, tonight. Uh, We do have a candidate joining us at eight o'clock. Really excited about that. And we'll still take your messages on uh, on the WBSM app chat. Again, if you don't have the app chat, download it. Uh, We got a ton of app chat engagement last time because a lot of people were excited to to get those Red Sox tickets and we were able to give them away, give away those Red Sox tickets. Really excited about that. And so um, we'll have more of those. Thanks to Scott Lang. Thanks to Attorney Scott Lang, former uh, uh, New Bedford mayor, at, at the law offices of Lang Exa Ferris and Bullard, a fantastic law firm. That uh, if you need a lawyer, uh, doesn't get much better um, than someone as experienced as uh, as as Scott Lang and 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 his staff. So uh, Lang X and Bullard, we want to thank them again for the opportunity to provide those the opportunity to provide those um, tickets. There'll be more. There'll be more if you like the Red Sox. So, uh, again, we're taking your messages on the app chat tonight. Um, We got another candidate calling in. Well, not calling in, but appearing on the show, we'll say. Appearing on the show at 8 o'clock. You'll want to stay tuned for that. We're also getting updates. Uh, I got somebody at the... At the, there's a Ward 1, um, there is a Ward 1 meeting, a Ward 1 neighborhood meeting up in New Bedford today. They have, uh, there's about 30 people there. Uh, Councilor Burgo presenting his ideas behind the rent stabilization question. There's a lot of people asking questions. Uh, Lisa White said, uh, is also there. I think she's speaking as well. Lisa White Former um, city council candidate, maybe city council candidate this year. And, uh, you know, Lisa's uh, a well known landlord in the city. So she's talking about that. Uh, So there are um, people from the Greater New Bedford Landlord Association. It's a very spirited discussion. Um, Some landlords appear to think rent stabilization. Aren't as bad as uh as an isn't it as bad as they initially thought it was? Other just is uh, others are just as irritated as it was before, and um, I guess Lisa White is is speaking. So in uh, we got another app chat. Uh, employers are not allowed to hire undocumented immigrants. However, landlords cannot deny undocumented immigrants. So how? How as a landlord do you verify employment? I mean, here's the thing. If you're, a, I, I know, I'm not sure in the specific laws on on hiring undocumented workers in Massachusetts. I do know that you're not allowed to knowingly, as a matter of federal law, you're not allowed to knowingly hire an undocumented immigrant. Maybe you hire one unknowingly. And if you do, they are provided with the same protections that... Anybody else is so you can't hire somebody if they're you know if it's possible to do that. So, so how as a landlord do you verify employment? Uh, how do you verify? What do you mean? How do you verify employment? I mean, you just you look at a a pay. How how else? Do you, how do you normally verify employment? Look at a pay stub, something like that sure there's i'm not entirely sure in the process of how a landlord verifies employment but i imagine it's the same whether the person's documented or undocumented so if you want to verify employment with somebody if they're a landlord you want to verify employment and you get verified employment then you've you get it so uh we are wow this is interesting so we're hearing that Councillor Oliver is speaking. He said at this neighborhood meeting, he says, we we already know that rental affordability is a problem. We don't need to ask the voters if it's an issue. Well, he did vote against the race, rent stabilization ballot question. So that actually does make sense. Um, that actually does make sense. He voted against the rent and stabilization ballot question. Initially, he was the one vote against it. Councillor Abrew said he'd be another vote uh, against it. He wasn't at the meeting. His grandmother had passed. So um, he he did say uh, afterwards that he'll vote against the veto override. You know, there's also the CPA question. He said he'd vote against as well. He'd vote against the override on the CPA question and uh, he'd vote against the override in the four-year term. Um, so yeah, uh so we're still getting updates on that. I do appreciate um any updates. If you're, you know, well I guess if you're at the meeting, you're probably not. You know, maybe you're listening. Maybe if you're at the meeting or if you're at any meeting, you can listen to South Coast tonight on the WBSM app. And if you if you have the app, you can also message. That is the way to um to interact with us tonight because uh we don't have phones phones are down looking at it right now just completely blank doesn't work all right i gotta take a break listen to us live anywhere in the world on the wbsm 300
1: one in four americans have a disability i'm one of them I'm also a working mom who cares deeply about making sure every child with a disability thrives by getting their access needs met. We've got a trusted ally by our side. Easter Seals provides children and families the foundation for lifelong success through early learning programs, skills training, and prep for college and career. That's my Easter Seals. Make it yours.
0: Join us at EasterSeals.com. I
1: wanted to quit for so long, but I didn't know where to start. I was afraid of what people would think, but then I found the right support to start my recovery journey. I found a path that worked for me. One in 14 Americans reports experiencing a substance use disorder, a treatable medical condition. Treatment can take many forms, so there are a variety of options to explore and find the one that works best for you. Recovery from drug addiction is possible. Visit cdc.gov slash to learn more about the various paths to recovery.
0: Children are placed in foster care through no fault of their own. Because of abuse or neglect, it's heartbreaking. We were just left in a hotel. Tay and his brothers were adopted with help from the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption. But more than 100,000 children in the U.S. are still waiting for a family. Now that I'm adopted, I can focus on being a kid. Learn how you can help at daveThomasFoundation.org. Marcus McCarthy. South Coast Tonight is the place to react to all of the day's news and where they make some news of their own. Back to the talk now on WBSM. Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus. Uh, So I wanted to... Oh. uh, If you get... So a couple of things, actually. Uh, So you got the uh, announcement for a... Uh, major city council, a uh, major announcement for a uh, candidate running for New Bedford City Council. You're going to want to stay tuned for that. That's at eight o'clock. But by the way, tomorrow, tomorrow is going to be a good show as well, because we're going to be joined by, and I'm reading your app chat messages, Robert Cabral, Marcus, you cannot hire with anyone without, without filing a W-2 and verifying citizenship via documentation. If as an employer, I hire when I get fined. Right. I'm just saying, I understand. I was just saying, if you, if you, if there is an undocumented worker working for you for however, whichever, however that happens, um, they're still entitled to legal protections uh, per the attorney general's guidelines in Massachusetts. That's what I was saying. I understand. I appreciate the, uh, I appreciate the clarity on that, Robert Cabral. Uh, You can keep, if you want to, you guys want to app chat, um, please do. Uh, That is the way you can interact with the programming today. But by the way, um, we've got a a candidate running for city council. You're going to want to hear this at 8 o'clock. And then tomorrow, I have a special guest host, former Bristol County Sheriff. Tom Hodgson. He's going to be guest hosting with me tomorrow. I'm really uh, looking forward to it. Tomorrow is obviously going to be a major day in American history where uh, a president, a former president, will be arrested. So I thought it was important to have um, uh, a recognizable uh, Republican voice uh, on the show with me to discuss that. And uh, looking forward to talking with the former sheriff on Tuesday uh so he's going to be in tomorrow you know we're really hoping the phone lines can be restored by then uh if not then you can app chat us you can app chat send your app chats into the sheriff we'll read them um and we'll react to them so uh we're hearing so we're hearing uh this this neighborhood meeting, from from a source I have, is saying that Councillor Burgo and Lisa White are getting into a pretty intense discussion, and I'm hearing that Burgo said accused um, Lisa White of politicizing the recent deaths of the two folks at the Royal Crown Fire. Lots of shouting. So that's what I'm hearing about the about the the the, the neighborhood meeting in. Ward one, uh, which is, I guess, um, I don't know if it was like a, f- supposed to be a formal debate between, uh, Council at large Burgo and Lisa White. Um, there is some interesting revelations there. Uh, you know, I would, I will say, I want to give Councilor Burgo some credit on this, uh, because, you know, we talked about it. I think we had, when we talked about it with, um, uh, former mayor Lang too, we talked about his great ideas tour. He had one in every ward where You know, they had went to the neighborhood meetings or held a meeting and talked to everybody about a particular, about particular ideas that they had or policy proposals. And this is the type of work I think that's really important if Councilor Burgo wants to advance his cause um, of of rent stabilization is going to each neighborhood. The neighborhood association meetings are really important uh, for counselors as well. Going there and, and uh, communicating those ideas. uh, uh, So I'm going to give him credit for that. Um, So, but apparently he's in a a very involved discussion with with Lisa White. That's what I'm hearing from my source. So, and said that, okay, so apparently there's a very involved discussion between Burgo and Lisa White. We're going to, I'm looking forward to hearing more uh, of that. Um, But what I'm going to do is I'm going to take another break and we'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. Uh so we're just checking the uh, app chats uh now. You, you guys um the phones are down now. We're hoping we're hoping uh they'll be back soon. Not tonight, but tomorrow. Um again, tomorrow's uh special guest host Tom Hodgson, with me. We'll be react- reacting to the Trump arrest. So, It'll be that'll be. I'm really looking forward to it. Then that, that's going to be a good show. I'm not. I didn't say I was looking forward to the Trump arrest. Looking forward to the show because the arrest is happening, whether you or me or anybody's looking forward to it or not. I think uh, it'll be a good discussion. That's what I'm looking forward to. So uh, I do want to say Steve T from uh, Steve Steve T from a uh, says hey guys saw something weird in the sky a few minutes ago driving west on 195 there was a smoke trail coming straight down twirling out of the sky somewhere in the east bay area there are also lots of sparkly things floating down next to the smoke trail looked pretty sketchy uh looked like it was over east the east bay of rhode island uh thanks i appreciate that steve t we're going to uh, forward that to the news department and um and see if uh, there's something going on over there. I appreciate that. Any updates like that you guys can provide are always helpful. So, um, so we're also going to be. Oh, people are asking what the big announcement is tonight. Well, you're going to have to tune in. You're going to have to tune in. like, "What's the big announcement?" People are getting the uh, the app chat not- notifications. What's the announcement? Well, you're going to have to stay tuned. Because it's coming. Just after the news break, we're going to get a big announcement on a city council election. uh, City council race. Candidate that's going to run. So, that's all you're getting. That's all you're getting from me. Until. um, Until the, the news. Until the news. So. Anyway, I, I was gonna. I almost said the number instinctively, but you're gonna have to message us on the uh, on the app chat. I got another app chat from uh, Bob in Dartmouth. Um, glad you're having uh, America's Sheriff on tomorrow. Hoorah! Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm excited to have. I'm excited to have um, the former sheriff on as well. I, I think it's going to be a good discussion. Always a good discussion when, um, when when Tom comes in. So it'll be cool. I thought he actually did a great job filling in for. Uh our our friend the morning mayor, Phil Paliolocus. I believe he's doing some fill-ins for Ken Pittman as well. So um it's great to have uh the, the former sheriff as a part of our on air our our ever expanding on air roster. Our ever expanding on air roster. So anyway, uh stay tuned again. Big announcement. Big announcement coming for a city council candidate that's gonna run in a city council race. So and we're hearing the, the debate calmed down a little bit in the neighborhood the Ward One neighborhood association meeting. So that's good. That's good. We'll have to